Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. God is so good. Give him all the praise. We give him all the glory. God is worthy. 
Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our soon-coming King. We thank God for this another day, another opportunity to worship him, to thank him, to reverence him for all that he has done to us, through us, and for us. Whether we recognize it or not, God has been good to us. He has protected us from danger seen and unseen. He has healed us. He has sustained us. He has provided for us, protected us. So many, so many things. So many things. You know, God is not asking for much compared to what he's giving. God is not asking for much compared to what he's giving. Basically, God asks you and I to give him this life, which is his anyway, because he gave it, gave it to you. But he's asking you and I to give him this life that he might give us in exchange eternal life. That's not bad. That's not a bad deal, even in the natural. Somebody said to you, give me, um, you know, $1,000. And you knew it was true. And I'll give you $1,000 a week for life. Most of us would jump all over that deal. Be too good to pass up. Well, understand this. God is saying that eternal life huh, is too good to pass up. You pass up eternal life, uh, you are passing up the best deal that has ever been offered. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we just finished our most recent topic entitled what? Huh? We got that kind of power. And we thank God for reiterating and, and revealing to us uh, the kind of power that we have as believers. It's a supernatural power. It's a power that can change circumstances and change situations based on what you and I believe. Scripture lets us to know that, you know, all things are possible to him that believes. All things, all kind of things God can do if we, you and I will just believe. Peter walked on water because he believed that he could at the master's command. Once he stopped believing, he stopped walking. Understand that once you stop believing, you say, there you go. You just stopped. There go your salvation. So keep your belief. You know, Keep your belief because that keeps you in the realm of all things are possible. See, just like always remain humble. Always remain humble. Because that puts you at a position where God can always elevate you. God can just decide at any time, take you out of the dungeon and make you second in command. Or take you from shepherding a few sheep, make you as king. You should remain humble, remain humble. Now, when you decide to get proud, you decide to get arrogant, then what that does is that God can bring you low or bring you down at any time. Brings us on down uh, to our next topic, something God gave us just last uh, month, actually. God knows why you're here. God knows why you and I are here. Why we are here. Why, why you were born at the time you were born. Why you were born the color that you were born. Why you were born the gender that you were born. There's reason. God got a reason. God don't just do nothing. There is a reason. Everything we go through, everything we experience, there is a reason. There's a reason. Everybody that, that you know that's in your life, there's a reason. Now, the reason may be good, reason may be bad, but there's a reason. There's a reason. God knows why you are here. We're going to look at capital A in our outline. Convinced of what? Well, what are you convinced of? Either way you want to write it. Convinced of what? What, what exactly are you convinced of out there. Now, God says, Robert, tell my people that they need to be very careful what they are convinced of. Because you can be convinced of something, I can be convinced of something, and be absolutely, unequivocally, undeniably, unmistakenly mistaken or wrong. What are you convinced of? Or convinced of what? We're going to look at Acts chapter 26, verse 9 from one of my favorite characters in Scripture, the Apostle Paul. portion of his 
testimony before King Agrippa. Paul writes and says, or Paul speaks and says, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Paul says, I too was convinced. Paul said, look, it ain't that I don't know where you're coming from with this foolishness, with this selfishness, with this uh, anti-Christ behavior. Paul said, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Paul said, look, I've been there. I look, I Paul say I've been there. I'm trying to tell some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, I've been there. You ain't gonna explain that anti Christian, anti Christ spirit to me. I've been there. Paul said, I've been there. I too. Paul said, just like you. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Convinced of what? Acts chapter 26, verse 9, and let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you again, Father, for another glorious, beautiful day. We pray, Father, for your people in the four corners of the earth again, that you give us words of wisdom to feed your great flock, your great sheep. Speak, Father, for your servants are listening. Your people are listening. We have gathered to hear your wisdom, to hear your revelation, your insight, that we may know more about you so we can do more for you. Speak, Father, for your servants are listening. Give us a word this evening that will change the very direction of someone's life. Give us a word this evening that will change the direction of someone's marriage, someone's church, someone's family. Give us a word tonight, Father, for your people that wherever they are, whenever they hear these words of yours, meet them right at the point of their need. And all that is said and done, Father, let your name, which is above all other names, be glorified, exalted, and praised. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Apostle Paul speaks in Acts chapter 26 before King Agrippa. Paul's revelation, his conversion, his special set of instructions from God put him in direct conflict with many of the Jews of his day. Now, what you want to understand, child of God, is that revelation from God will always put you and I at odds with our generation. Just keep that in mind, revelation. Now, if you don't if you don't have many problems with your generation, that's because you don't have much revelation from your God or from the true and living God. Revelation will always. Now, Paul said, look, there was a time when I was thinking just like you. There was a time when I was doing things just like you. There was a time when I was going about things just like you. But Paul said, revelation came. Revelation will save you, but revelation comes with a very expensive price tag. Revelation, when revelation comes, a lot of those that you thought were your friends, you come to find out they are not. When revelation comes, a lot of those that you thought loved you, you'll find out they really don't. In other words, some folk love you just as long as you thinking like them and doing like them and 
going about like them. But when revelation comes, God says revelation is meant to separate. Revelation will separate the weak from the tares. Revelation will separate the right from the wrong. Revelation will separate truth from lie. Revelation is meant to separate. God says there'll be five in one family, three against two and two against three. Jesus said, think not that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Jesus said a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Revelation brings, brings conflict. Revelation will separate your family. See, some of you all out there working just as hard as you can, try to keep everybody together. Understand God don't want everybody together. There's what is known as divine separation. It's some folk that God wants you and I away from. Paul said, I was just like y'all. I, too, just like you, thought like you thought, uh, believed like you believed, persecuted like you persecuted. Paul said, in fact, I was worse than you all. Paul said, you all knew me. Paul said, you knew how I was, a Pharisee of Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. Paul said, y'all know how I was. Paul said, I was a violent man, a persecutor of the church. Paul said, you all know how I fought against this thing that I'm now fighting for. I, too, was convinced. And Paul said, look, just like you convinced that you're right, Paul said, I was convinced that I was right doing the same stuff until I got a revelation. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Give us revelation. Give us revelation and give us the, the, the ability to stand in revelation. See, getting a revelation and standing in revelation are two different things. Because, see, you can get a revelation, but then if you don't have the courage, if you don't have the commitment, to stand in the revelation. Oh, you'll go back. Some of you all, some of you know, even some of Jesus' disciples. After Jesus died, <laughs> some of them went right back to some of the same stuff they were doing before before Jesus even even picked them out. Paul said, I was convinced. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus. Now Understand something, children of God, because without a revelation, understand you are an antichrist. Let's, let's just get that straight. Say, Pastor, how are you going to say that like that, right? Because I was, too. Without a revelation, you're just an antichrist. You've got to have a revelation from God as to who Christ is. You've got to have a revelation from God in order to join the family of God. It ain't something that you can just do. You can't just go bust into a Masonic Lodge any kind of way. You can't just go into the Loyal Order of Water Buffaloes any kind of way. You can't just go in and a whole lot of organizations and groups. You can't just go in there any kind of way. You can't just go in the White House any kind of way. What makes you think you're going to just come into the family of God any kind of way? Now, you can get in the White House if you got special clearance and you got special permission, and you can get into the family of God. With special invitation and special and special uh, 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 clearance, but it's not something you're gonna just bust up in and do. Just gonna bust up in God's program any kind of way? No, you're not. No, I'm not. Paul said, "No, I didn't." Paul said, "I had a special invitation. I had a I had a special calling and being chosen of by God Himself." I was convinced, you know, that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And Paul said, look, and that is just what I did. See, understand that you're doing what you're convinced of, right or wrong. You and I are doing what we are convinced of. Now, the question is, convinced of what? Because you say, Apostle, what you got now? What we need to be convinced of is we need to be convinced of what God told us to do. And make sure that what we are doing and, and, that, and what we're convinced of is what God has said. Because Paul said, look, just like I was convinced 
in my flesh and in my antichrist state to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Christ. Paul says, when I was converted, I was convinced in my new nature and convinced by the Holy Ghost that now I need to do everything I can to promote the kingdom of God. What you convinced of out there? Going one of the two. Convinced to oppose God, the things of God, the word of God, the will of God, the move of God, or convinced to promote. But Jesus said it like this, he that is not for me is against me. He that does not gather with me, scatter. No man can serve two masters. He either going to love one, hate the other, cling to one, despise the other, but what you're not going to do is serve two masters. If you don't love God, you hate him. Let me make it plain for you out there because hopefully somebody will catch hold of this thing and won't. I would love to stand before God and God show me a multitude of people. I'd be like, Lord, who is a multitude of people? And y'all be just some of y'all that's been listening to the broadcast. Y'all just be smiling. Y'all just be smiling at me. I'd be like, Lord, who, who are these people? God be like, Robert, these are the people that heard the, the broadcast, that heard your preachings and teachings, and that, that, that came into the kingdom because of what I used you to do. And then I'm start. I'm getting me a stupid looking smile, just like y'all. That that's gonna make me very very happy. Y'all just be smiling. A lot of y'all just be smiling. Just be looking at me. I see it. I be like, oh, what are you showing? What you got these people out here like this right there? Hey, y'all just grinning, just a grinning. I be like, Lord, who is these people? Lord, be like, Robert, these are the souls that you that you helped usher into the kingdom. These are the souls that you helped lead to me. I be like, Lord, for real, God. Be like, yo, can't tell you no lie. Them the ones. That'll be a happy day for me. Understand that, that what we want to be convinced of is that which God is convinced of. See, God is convinced that if you don't give your life to Christ, you're going to hell. See, and if you ain't convinced of that, God said, now we have a problem. What we have is a failure to communicate. You need to be convinced that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Because God is convinced. God said, Robert, I'm convinced of my word, whether you all are or not. God says, I'm convinced that my word is true, whether you all are or not. What you convinced of out there? You convinced that, that you know, that sin is, 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 you know, the wages of sin is death, or you convinced that, you know, sin is, sin is okay, sin is okay? What are you convinced of? Because I guarantee you this, my brother and sister, you're going to give an account. I'm going to give an account for what you're convinced of. Let, your, let what you are convinced of be the same thing God is convinced of. We want to move to the place where our will gets lost in his will. Our thoughts get lost in his thoughts. I, I, Paul, said I was, Paul said I was convinced, but what I didn't know is I was convinced of just the opposite of what God was convinced of. God was convinced that Paul needed to be doing all he can to support the kingdom. Paul said, I was convinced that I needed to do all I could to oppose the kingdom. And that's what the adversary want to do, is get you and I convinced of that which is contrary to what God is convinced of. That's, that's his main thing. God tell you, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The adversary say, eat. God tell you, don't do it. You jump right out and do it. God tell you, don't say it. You jump right out and say it. God tell you, don't go there. You jump right out and go there. Tell me, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. See, that was some, one saint shared that with me earlier today. That they were trying to tell a particular individual about somebody that they didn't need to be involved with because of the thing. And the response was, yeah, I'm going to be with them. I don't care what nobody say. And I had to share with the saint. I said, look, that even mean God. You need to watch that, that kind of talk. I'm going to do it. I don't care what nobody say. Then that means God too. That means that even God can't tell you not to do that right there. <clears throat> Back is tightening up, children of God. Paul said, I did just what I was convinced of. And you and I are doing just what we convinced of. So since we, Paul said, that's exactly what I did. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Listen to that, Paul. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. 
in my obsession against them. I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. Paul said, y'all want to know how, how well, y'all know this about me. Paul said, I was doing some of the same thing that y'all is doing right now. And Paul said, look, because I've received a revelation, that's why I'm working so hard. Paul said, because I did a lot of craziness. See, you need to understand, one of the reasons why there are some people that get into the things of God and they go real, real hard and go real, real strong and real, real seem like crazy to you is because they know they done done a whole lot of craziness that, uh, uh, that, you know, that need to be uh, undone. Paul said, look at the kind of craziness I did. Now, how, Paul said, look, how in the world am I going to come to Christ with all this craziness I done done? And then just give God a halfway, halfway offering, a halfway life, or just be just, uh-uh. Paul said, look, I won't, I won't normal when I was persecuting the church. Paul said, how can you expect me to just be a normal apostle? How can you expect me to just be a normal pastor? How can you expect me to be just, I won't, Paul said, I won't normal when I was filled with the Antichrist. Not being normal is just how I roll. Paul said, I was off the hook in my obsession against them. Now you ought to expect that I'm going to be off the hook in my promotion of him. Paul said, one of these journeys I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground. I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Now, we know that goads were sharp, pointy sticks that they used to put on the edge of the ox. You know, sometimes ox didn't want to pull the cart. So they would put these sharp, pointy sticks on the side. The ox start kicking. You know, that's what an ox do when he don't want to do something. Now, yeah, some of y'all ought to know, because that's, that's, that's what some of us do when we don't want to do. We start kicking. Some of y'all is just kicking against supporting the work of God. That's like keep kicking, keep kicking. We'll see how it turn out for you. Some of y'all just kicking against um, assembling and assembling in the church. Some of y'all just kicking against. They're just kicking, just like an ox. He, why? Because he don't want to do what the master wants him to do, which is pull the car. So ox start kicking. Well, what the master do is put them sharp, them goads, them sharp pointy sticks on the side. So you kick all you want to, but you ain't doing nothing but hurting yourself. You say, Apostle, what you trying to get us to understand? Us kicking against what God wants us to do, the only one we end up hurting in the long run, ultimately, is our own self. Some of y'all out there supposed to be preaching. You're kicking against the call. Some of y'all supposed to be pastoring. You're kicking against the call. Some of y'all supposed to be, uh, you're kicking and kicking. Some of you all out there understand my voice, you're supposed to be right here worshiping with us. You're kicking against it. Some of you all out there understand my voice, God done touched you, put on your heart, they couldn't make contributions. You're kicking against it. Hey, hey, Paul said, look, it's hard. Paul said, yeah, I didn't say it was impossible. I ain't saying, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying to you it's hard because who you end up hurting, kicking against the goads, is yourself. Listen, children of God, listen. The children of the, the kingdom of God is going to go on without, with or without you. The kingdom of God is going to go on with or without me. The work of God is going to go on with or without you, and the work of God is going to go on with or without me. We do ourselves a favor, mostly, by doing what God says. Ain't that God need any of us? God said, Robert Bryant, I, I could get you up out in here to, today and have somebody else in here preaching and teaching. Today, if I chose to, I'm like, Lord, I know, I know. Paul said, then I asked a question. First thing Paul asked in verse 13 was, who are you, Lord? Now, some of you all under the sound of my voice, you asking that question, because I remember asking that question before I was saved. I didn't know whether God was God, whether Allah was God, whether, you know, I, I mean, and I didn't know who was who. And when you haven't received a revelation from God, you really don't know who God is. You really don't. Paul, he, he, he thought he had been serving God all his life, and here he is just getting introduced to him real good. So you got to be introduced to God, and that has to be done by God. 
nobody can really introduce you to God. We can talk, talk about him all day to you and how good he is and what he's done for me, but you got to be introduced to God by God. Saul is being introduced to God by God. And listen to the question. Who are you, Lord? And listen to the reply. I am Jesus. Some of you all out there understand my voice, you're wondering who the true and living God is, whether it's, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Allah, whether it's Ra, whether it's Buddha. Listen, his name is Jesus. There's no other name in heaven or earth by which man can be saved than at the name of Jesus. In case you're wondering out there, I used to wonder, who is the real God? If he showed me who he is, I'll serve him the rest of my life. And he showed me. His name is Jesus, in case you're wondering. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Anointed One. Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. In an instant, Saul comes to find out that he's been fighting against God. Some of you all, under the sound of my voice, when God opened your eyes and give you a revelation, you're going to find out you've been kicking against, fighting against, warring against the true and living God. And it's a very painful revelation. I had to find it out. I had to find it out. But it's only something that can be found out in this life by God's revelation. Everybody in hell know they messed up. See, my thing is, my prayer is that we don't have to get there to realize that. That none of you all understand my voice and and not me either have to get there to find out we've messed up with this thing. Saul gets a See, basically what Christianity is, it's a revelation from God when you have a chance to do something about it. If you are done to the sound of my voice and, and you, you know, and you say you ought to thank God like nobody's business because what God has done is he has given you a revelation before it's too late to do anything about it. In hell, everybody got the regular, in hell, everybody got the revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord, that hell is real. A whole lot of stuff that some of you all don't believe now. People in hell, they know it's a fact. They know it's a fact. Think about it like this. 500 years ago, children of God, just about everybody with any sense knew that the world was flat. 500 years ago. Can you imagine most anybody on the planet that knew that the world was flat until a revelation came that, hey, that ain't true. 5,000 years ago, just about everybody on the earth felt like the earth was the center of the universe. Until somebody with a revelation come to find out that ain't true. That ain't true. You got some of you all out there on the sound of my voice. Don't believe that there is no hell. I'm trying to tell you. You're going to find out. Hopefully sooner rather than later that that ain't true. That ain't true. Some of you all on the sound of my voice. You don't believe in God. You don't believe in what you're going to find out is that ain't true. Paul said, look, I done found out some stuff that I was convinced of. Just because we convinced of a thing, that don't make it true. You go to a mental institution right now, I guarantee you, you got some jokers in there convinced they're the president. Dum, dum, da, dum, dum, da, dum. Walking right down to get some, take their medicine. <laughs> I can't laugh, children of God, because my back, my back is hurting. <laughs> I can't laugh too hard because my back start hurting when I laugh. I'm hearing somebody say, somebody saying, say what, apostle? Convinced that they are the president. Walking right down there to take their medicine. (laughs) All right, saints, let's get back serious now. Let's get back serious. It's not going to be the easiest thing off of that one because I'm picturing it in my mind. Right? But you say, Apostle, what is it trying to get us to understand? Just, look, just because we convinced of a thing, that don't make it true. You better, you, better be, you better hear from God. That's all I'm saying to you. That's all I'm saying to you. I had one saint today contacted me uh, from the North Carolina area here and uh, had a chance to share a number of just misconceptions. In other words, a lot of things that a lot of us in the body of Christ believe that ain't true nowhere. That just ain't true nowhere. But don't keep a lot of folk from believing it. 
So a lot of stuff going on, come find out, ain't true nowhere. Just because it's on the news or just because it's in the history books, or just that don't make it true. You better hear from God. Paul is hearing from God now, and he's coming to find out that he's been believing some untruths. Felt like Jesus was just some cult leader, just some upstart, come to find out that Jesus was Lord. Come to find out. He didn't know. He just thought Jesus was some, some cult leader. That's what Christianity was looked at thousands of years ago. And the reality is that true Christianity today is still looked at as a cult. It's still. That's why they used to call Christianity the way, members of the way. They saw Jesus as like a cult leader, almost like a Jim Jones type character, and his followers as some misguided, misguided group of very, you know, of, of vagrants that were deceived. In fact, that's what the religious establishment called him. He deceived the people. That's what they were telling everybody. He deceived the people. Somebody asked, can a deceiver open the eyes of blind? Can a deceiver raise the dead? Can a deceiver do the stuff that he's been doing? Religious establishment called him. You know, think about who gave gave Saul the authority to go and lock up Christians. Who did he say? The chief priest? Who else? Chief priest? This was a religious establishment. So true Christianity even today. Let a, a group, let 10,000. See, one of the reasons why, you know, this, this ministry ain't really, ain't really, you know, causing too much of problems because it ain't but a few of us. Let's try and let it be 10,000 of us. And we just decide we're going to be sharing everything, worshiping every day, and doing like the early church did. There'd be some problems. There'd be 10,000 of us, and we, but it ain't but a handful of us. See, most things, if it's just a handful of folk, you know, a lot of times the establishment don't really feel threatened. Even Jesus' ministry. It started out with 12 little unimpressive disciples. Ain't nobody tripping off no Jesus. The religious establishment, man, ain't nobody thinking about it. But all of a sudden, the movement started growing. And it started growing like wildfire. And the religious establishment was like, look, if we don't do something with this Jesus, the Romans going to come and take away both our place, and we're going to be, let's kill Jesus. All right. Paul is getting his eyes open. Oftentimes you all hear me talk about eyes coming open. Well, that's what happened. That's what's happening to, to Saul or Paul, whatever you want to call him. His eyes are coming open. He's coming to realize that he's been believing and convinced of wrong stuff. A lot of folk been saying it, but it was wrong. A lot of folk been feeling the way he was feeling and doing like he was doing, but that just meant a lot of folk was wrong. And see, this is one of the reasons why God will oftentimes come, you know, pull his apostles and do some miraculous thing like this right here. So there'll be no, because God be saying, look, I know that y'all going to have to deal with a wicked and adulterous generation. Look, Robert, I know you're going to have to deal with a whole lot of folk that don't believe. I know you're going to have to deal with a whole lot of folk that don't know me. You're going to have to deal with a whole lot of folk that wouldn't know my, don't know the difference between my voice and the jack-in-the-box voice. You're going to have to deal with a lot of people that are not going to believe you, that are personal. So what God will do is he will convince his apostles with some outlandish thing. He'll do, do something real, real outlandish and be like, now nah, you know, don't you? And he'll be like, yes, Lord, now go tell the world. Look at what happened. Paul, look, Paul wasn't the only one that saw this bright light. But you'll find in one of the other accounts that his companions saw the light, but Paul says they didn't understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. There were a whole lot of folk with, with Paul. On this, on this trip. He won't go on by himself. I can see a part of, you know, I was on my horse on an abandoned road, and all of a sudden, bright light. Uh-uh. It was a whole lot of folk with Paul. But God came in and hand-selected Saul, hand-selected Paul out of a whole group of young men, shined a light around all of them. All of them fell, but God said, I'm talking to you. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, just because your mama don't get it or your sister don't get it or your brother or your cousin or your uncle, the God is talking to you. And you better hear when God is talking to you. 
Paul said, my companions, they saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. Go to Acts chapter 9. Let me give you this, just a little bit off of this account. We're getting ready to wrap this up. So you mess around and wait for mama to get it and then end up in hell with mama. Mess around and wait for daddy, waiting for your brother. I'm Me and my brother, I ain't no me and my brother. I got to get my soul saved. If mama get her saved, all well and good. If she don't, then at the end of this life, then see you. Waiting for daddy. Uh-uh. I got a soul to be saved. You got a soul to be saved. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 7. After this, after this bright light shined and they all fell from their beasts, the Bible says the men traveling with Saul stood there, what? Speechless. They heard the sound but they did not see anyone. See, they heard the sound. But then, let me go. Let me go. Let me go to Acts 16. I want to get. I want to get just the account. Here's another account. Did you hear Paul give his account so often? It's Acts 16. They're saying Acts 22. Well, we okay. Acts 22 and three. Acts 22. Acts 22, go down to verse 8. Here's another account. You know, Saul, Paul gives us little nuances every time he shares this testimony. You know, he said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. And Paul said, look, my companions saw the light, saw the same light I saw, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. You need to understand out there on the sound of my voice. When God is speaking to you, you are accountable. Whether your friends get it, whether your family get it, whether your husband get it, your wife get it, your child get it, your parents get it. When, when God is talking to you, you better get it. Say so his companions didn't, didn't understand. So his companions may have come up from out of there thinking that it was lightning. His companions may have come up there just thinking, you know, they, they stepped on a gas pocket. The companions may have come up there thinking all kind of crazy stuff. But, Paul, you know that what happened to you was not a gas pocket. You know that what happened to you was not lightning. You know that what happened to you was an encounter with the God of all creation. And God says, because you know that you had an encounter with me, Robert Bryant, or whatever your name is under the sound of my voice, you are called to a higher standard. You are called to be different. You are called to have a different ministry. You are called to have a different church. You have, call, you, are call, you have been called to be convinced of some things that your companions are still not convinced of. Listen out there. A lot of you all out there believe in Sunday worship and Wednesday night. I ain't saying there's no problem with that. But what I'm saying is you ain't going to convince me of that. Because I know what God told me every day, Robert, just like my early church. Just like I had my early apostles preaching and teaching every day, not no Wednesday and Sunday. Now, if you convinced of that, the Bible said, let every man be convinced what? In his own mind. Now get up, verse 16. Stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. Now, this is where some of you all got to understand the difference between an apostle and a pastor. Man don't call apostles. Men don't lay hands on apostles for them to receive the apostolic gift. Apostolic gift is a selection by God himself, period. It's apostles that lay hands on pastors and, and bishops, and that, but apostles get called straight from God. Understand that when Saul came to Paul, he wasn't coming to confirm him as, a, as an apostle. He would come in and pray for him that he might receive what? Sight, because he was blind. 
But Jesus himself calls apostles. No board, no committee, no approval by man. God himself called apostles and tell apostles to get to stepping. Some of us need to understand because some of us be, well, what exactly is an apostle? These individuals, and they get marked with signs and wonders. You stay around an apostle long enough, you're going to see something that's going to make you say, what and what was that now? Mm, what exactly was that? How in the world did that happen? How did they do that? Can't explain how Paul was raising the dead other than the power of God. Can't explain how Paul was giving sight to the blind other than the power of God. Can't explain, can't explain. I've appeared to appoint you. God appoints apostles, nobody else. Not the bishop, not the archbishop, not all. Not God, Jesus said, what? I have appeared to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. God said, now, apostles, what you do is get to stepping with what you have seen of me. God said, I'm going to show you something real, real out of the ordinary. Go and start telling that. I'm going to let you experience something with me real, real out of the ordinary. Go and tell that. Go tell that right there. Look at it. Look at it. Two reasons. I have appeared to you, first of all, to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me. God said, I'm going to show you some stuff that's going that's to be mind-blowing and of what I will show you. And I'm going to show you some more stuff that's going to be mind-blowing to you. God said, I watch this. I will rescue you from your own people. You out there, an apostle, you better, a true one, you better be prepared to be rescued from your own people. Don't you know I know it's a whole lot of you black folk out there. If you could get to me, you'd do something to me. But you can't. God is rescuing me from my own people and from the Gentiles. God says, I'm sending you to them. Watch this. Look at verse 18. To open their eyes. Say, Apostle, why are you preaching and teaching like this, right, strong, right, hot and heavy every day? Every day we turn around. Because I'm, I'm here. I'm sent to open your eyes. To the what? To the truth of God. To the truth of Jesus Christ. To the truth of the gospel. And to turn them, what? From darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. There's your, there's your job description of apostle right there. Very simple. Very simple. Open your eyes. Help you get your eyes open. Help turn you from darkness to light or sin to righteousness, from the power of Satan to the power of God, so that you can be received of your sins and get your place along with those who are sanctified by faith and get your soul saved. That's why I'm here. That's why apostles, that's that's possible. Notice Jesus ain't saying nothing about money. Jesus, look, I ain't sent you out there to try to squeeze every nickel and dime out of people's pockets. That's not what true apostles do, children of God. That's not what true servants of God do. They ain't trying to squeeze every dime out of you, every 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 piece of coinage out of you. They don't do that. That's the, look at look at it. Read your Bible and quit just being uh, 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 um, lugheads. Read. Look at what the Bible say. And then when you see something that's contrary to that, you'll be knowing, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh, I ain't going for it. Now, you say an apostle, does that mean that we don't contribute or we don't? No, that's not what, that's not what he say. But Jesus just showed us what the focus of an apostle is. Now, when we do what God has said do, God said, look, I know what you have need of before you even ask me. I can't honestly sit here right now and tell the Lord I need anything. There's some stuff I want, but I can't honestly sit here and say that I need anything. Even my back hurting like it is and spasming just about every time I've been wrong. I can't say I need a healing from the Lord. I want one. What do you need, Robert? I didn't say what do you I didn't say I'd supply your greeds. What do you need? I'm like, Lord, just you. I'll be like, that's about right. What are you convinced of? Be, be mindful that what you convinced of, you are going to be held responsible. I'm going to be held responsible. 
for what we are convinced of. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again for everything you share with us. We appreciate this time, Father, your wisdom, your revelation, your insight. Thank you, Father, for breaking down and explaining the scriptures to us. We pray that eyes have been opened this evening in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that individuals have been turned from the power of darkness to the power of light. We pray that individuals have been turned from the power of Satan to the power of God and that souls under the sound of my voice have received forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith. We count it done, and we are asking and touching and agreeing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Question number one, give me five job responsibilities of apostle. Five job responsibilities of apostle. Number two, why does God normally call apostles in some extraordinary way? Why does God normally call apostles in some extraordinary way? And number three, who is the only one that appoints and commissions apostles? Who is the only one that appoints and commissions? Well, apostle. Since you can reach us through email at thechristensarnchurch at gmail.com, check out our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 and 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and to ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.